is the night before the election. Uh, not a creature was stirring, just a lot of panic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What in the History, episode 12. My name is Dan Brady. As always, I'm joined by the sweet, sweet man known as Johnny Smith. Johnny, how are you? I'm doing phenomenal as always, Dan. How are you this evening? Oh, man, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just, you know, uh, ready to record this episode, get the month of November underway. We got a, a lot of great things coming this month. Uh, you know, I love uh, history, especially war history, and that's all this month is going to be, so I'm excited. I'm pretty pumped for it, too. You said uh, Medal of Valor recipients? Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Excuse me, folks. Medal of Honor recipients. Yes, we're going to cover... Uh, next week, we are going to cover two of the, the best-known uh, Medal of Honor recipients, Big Dick John Baslone and Audie Murphy. Uh, Audie received I his. I like the names already. Audie received his in Europe, and John Baslone received his on the island of Guadalcanal and the Pacific fighting the Japanese. And, of course, I'm partial to John Baslone because he's a Marine. I served in the Marine Corps. There was a sense of pride there. Plus, he killed hundreds of Japs. <laughs> I think that's an antiquated term now, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, and you're probably right, and I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just reading and watching a lot, and that's all they say. So locker locker room talk. Locker room talk. <laughs> Don't cancel me, please, for the love of God. <laughs> you went into that pretty like you leaned into that pretty hard. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's stop and delete this. <laughs> I, I think we're good to go. Uh, here, here's how I'll sum it up. Uh, I did a college thesis on uh, war propaganda and uh, comic books at the time. And the United States actually made some of their own comic books. And one of them they handed out soldiers during the time was How to Spot a Jap. So, yeah. Well, we'll talk about this. And then. it's history, folks. Uh, we'll talk about this more, but there's a lot of racism involved in the United States fighting the Japanese, as there was in Japan. No. Uh, Japan about the Americans. No. Yeah. I got United States being. Ra I I don't know about this, Dan. I I will argue that uh, historically Japan is probably the more racist country. We will cover some of that today. Well, I'll say they got a lot more time in than we do. Uh, big surprise, the Japanese hated all other Asians. I, I, I have known that, actually. Uh, so today we're talking about the Korean War. Uh, Johnny, I know you, like everybody else, don't know shit about this. I do not. <laughs> so I'm going to step up on my soapbox here. Uh, for a minute and I think we gave this war one of the worst nicknames in the history of nicknames calling it the forgotten war like can you, mm -hmm. like hey grandpa I heard you fought in Korea didn't isn't that war forgotten like you know and grandpa Jim had watched his buddy you know Scott bleed out you know just uh, for, I couldn't imagine that 10 years from now if Iraq or if Afghanistan was nicknamed the Forgotten War. Do you know? Like, that would hurt so much. Like, to know... I would you, imagine. 
It's just, it's a horrible you know, I, the, only, the only thing, the only thing too, um, that I know about, the, not even know about the Korean War, it's just, I also wanted to make a mention that it's underrepresented in, in pop culture too. The only reference I have for the Korean War is uh, Red Foreman off that 70s show. Right. Or uh, wasn't Hank Hill's dad, he, he fought in uh, Korea too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but anything about Korea other than it was in the 50s, I believe, and that's about it. Yep. Uh, it was 1950 to 1953. Okay. So, I mean, relatively short as far as wars go, I guess. Uh, by, by the end of the conflict, uh, the U.S. lost over uh, 33,686 troops. And... Uh, it was really, it was the first major altercation uh, or a direct result of the Cold War. Um, it was several battles, just like you said, it's it's not represented anywhere. And Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, Tom Hanks, if you're listening, the Pacific was great. Band of Brothers was great. Let's do one on Korea, please. <clears throat> that is Dan trying to get a movie made. I would like to join the cabal. Or whatever you got going there. <laughs> hashtag make this. I don't know. Uh, we need a better <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag I'm willing to join the Illuminati. Let's get it going. <laughs> oh, I, I got one of those comments on the Instagram post the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, let's, let's join the Illuminati. Like, uh, how much do you pay? Yeah, I'm not joining it through Instagram. Right. Uh, I'm sure you guys have the resources to at least send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> you, you for sure have my phone number. Yeah, you definitely do. Oh, man, let's get this uh, edutainment underway. Uh, new term uh, <laughs> etched out by Johnny Smith last night. Um, it, Dan, 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 before we go any further and crash and fall, I did not create that term. Oh, no. I have heard that for many years. <laughs> yeah. well, I, uh, I wish I wish I could take it. Um, unfortunately, it's not mine. Well, the only person I know who ever said it is you, so you created it. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, look at it this way. If we get controversy over that, that's, you know, <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? It's fair enough. Uh, you know what? Just to clear it up, Dan, the term edutainment was used as early as 1954 by Walt Disney. Oh, oh, Walt. Oh, no. <laughs> we can't have them as enemies. <laughs> They're going to kill us, Johnny. I did not know it went back that far. Oh, what did you do to us? <laughs> I destroyed us. Oh, no. You guys are using our words. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the korean war all right so we're gonna do a little background of korea uh kind of like why this happened here and then we're gonna cover the war uh you ready we're only a couple minutes in and i'm very concerned because i have been fighting off a korean accent this entire time <laughs> i swear I to god dan i've been struggling so hard <laughs> oh well if last podcast on the left can get away with it why not us 
Huh. Uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's it's all right. The force is strong in you. Oh, well, there's another Disney term. I for sure am going to get us killed by the mouse. <laughs> okay. So uh, today we know Korea as uh, two separate countries. Uh, the communist North uh, run by a... <laughs> a controversial dictator, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, you know, the man that faked a, a death during surgery just to see uh, who was against him. Hey, I thought that was a pretty badass move. Oh, it was was like, a... that's pretty dope. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> free South Korea, a small, uh, heavily urban country focused on technology and industry. Um, this was, it was not until 1945 that Korea was split into two separate states run by two separate governments. Korea has a long history as being a singular country before that time. Korea is known Another as fact a, I didn't know. Korea is known as a peninsula. Uh, it shares a northern border with China and is surrounded on all other sides by the sea the Yellow Sea on the west, and the Sea of Japan on the east. Southern Japan is located off of uh, Korea's southeastern coast. Uh, it's early, early history, first or uh, second centuries. Uh, three separate kingdoms existed on the Korean Peninsula. As the centuries wore on, these three kings, kingdoms warred with each other. Um, eventually, the kingdoms were united uh, through though continued warfare and changes in power combined with spotty survival records uh, make this uh, early history of Korea difficult to kind of unravel. Uh, unravel, Just like uh, the Cyrus the Great episode where uh, everything really just came from one source and we don't know if that's actually what happened. Okay. I didn't know it, it was uh, only one country, what, 70-some years ago, 70 years ago? Yep. That's crazy. That shows how no, how little I know about Korea, though. <laughs> I mean, who who really knows anything about Korea unless they have a degree in it? I was going to say Koreans. Uh, well, I mean, other than them. <laughs> well, if you live in uh, if you live in the communist north, you only know what you were told, you know. And it's not like you can read a book at night because they're not allowed electricity. Yeah, that's a whole messed up setup i remember i know we're getting off topic again here but i remember reading about uh kim kim jong-il uh this guy's dad yeah and and just like the claims he made that his people were supposed to believe like he never used the bathroom um he just he was he was like born there was a rainbow like all types of crazy like myth mythological shit right uh, it, it's so insane um, so not only these three kingdoms initiated war and caused instability, uh, China too wished to control Korea. Several Chinese rulers from a number of dynasties launched warfare in Korea, including the Mongol dynasty, which eventually conquered the pe uh, peninsula around the 13th century. Um, <clears throat> Mongol rule did not last very long. By the end of the 14th century, the Mongols collapsed. And despite uh, instability in Korea, the kingdom of 
Joseon uh, was established by the uh, by a military leader. Uh, this kingdom existed for more than 500 years. I was just getting ready to ask about what time period are we talking here? Uh, this is probably, you know, uh, <clears throat> the Mongol rule collapsed 14th century. So 500 years would be about 19th century. So about 1800 or so? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Europeans began trading in Asia and the Far East uh, via the Silk Road, uh, which is going to be a future episode. Um, the Silk Road was this route that connected Europe with China. And it was a huge trade route. Um, it's called the Silk Road because silk was one of the number one, uh, oh, what is it? Pieces of, uh, oh man, what's it? Trade, merchandise that was sold. Okay. You know, I, for what it's worth, I was trying to think of the right word either and I could not get anything. <laughs> Here at What in the History, we have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> That's the most accurate description you've ever given. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we're going to try and learn some history today, but we really don't got a fucking clue what's happening right now. <laughs> Who knows? This could be our last podcast ever with the election tomorrow. The world might blow up. <laughs> well, at least we have each other. <laughs> That's so sad and sweet. God damn it. And contrary to what it sounds like on here, uh, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's it's a bromance, people. Uh, oh, it is, 100%. I know it sounds like uh, sometimes it could be more. I assure you, Dan's got a lovely partner, and uh, my hand is very smooth. <laughs> I have not, not the direction I, you're, I thought you were going to take with that, but all right. <laughs> I th I thought you were going to say, Dan has a lovely partner and I have a dead wife. Oh, <laughs> that's a punchline right there. <laughs> that's great. I like that one better. <laughs> Moving on. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. European colonization of Korea would not begin until later. By the 19th century, when Europeans were looking to extend their eastern empires beyond India, Korea had a reputation for being uh, iso uh, isolated. This was largely in response to repeated attempts, particularly by China, to overtake it. As a result, Korea had earned the nickname the Hermit Kingdom. Huh. Um, and Japan was the same way too. A uh, little bit of local history here. Uh, a man by the name of Commodore uh, Matthew Perry uh, sailed to Japan and demanded uh, they open themselves to trade. Um, so, I'm sorry, I may be wrong here, but wasn't it Commodore Oliver Perry? Yes, you are right. I. I am Boom. almost I pay attention, folks. I pay attention. I am almost a hundred percent sure that Perry is a direct relative, though. So, mm. anyway, uh, just nuked our own podcast. Um, Korea did not. Uh, <laughs> Korea was the same way, and they did not read these signs the same way. At least not initially initially they didn't want to open trade like japan um they remained closed off the world until early in the 20th century um 
they decided to modernize, but it was too late. Uh, <clears throat> in 1910, fresh off their victory over Russia and the Russo-Japanese War, Japan conquered Korea with little trouble. Because again, mm. Japan was a more modern army than Korea, and Korea wasn't able to fight back. Um, I see. I, this is crazy because I didn't know any of this. Japan. Oh, <laughs> we could do an entire episode on the atrocities that Japan committed at the turn of the century up until uh, <laughs> we dropped two nukes on them uh, in World War II. Because USA. USA, USA. <laughs> uh, like many European countries uh, have been doing for hundreds of years, Japan was also working on building their own empire. Um, <clears throat> while European conquest is usually tolerated and even celebrated in some cases, that is not the case with Japan. Uh, much racism existed against the Japanese, as with all Asians. In the years during and surrounded World War II, this would be a serious issue for Korea. It would be it would impact the post war um, post war world and the causes of the Korean War. Um, now, post 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 which war? Because there's a bunch of wars here. World War II. Okay. Post war, yeah. Um. Japan was also racist against other Asians, including Koreans. Uh, Japan saw Korea as an inferior nation of inferior people. Millions of Koreans were forced to labor to benefit Japan uh, as slaves. Uh, hundreds of thousands of women and young girls were forced to become sex slaves for the Japanese, especially the military. Terrible. Uh, Tens of thousands of men and boys were forced to serve in the Japanese military, often in the most dangerous positions. Uh, finally, more than 400,000 Koreans, at the very least, were killed as a direct result of the Japanese occupation. Wow, that seems like a high number. I don't know what their population was at the time, but that still seems like a very high number. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's not even including how many died in service to Japan, this forced service, uh, how many of the sex slaves died. It, like I said, we could do a whole episode on the uh, atrocities committed by the Japanese Empire. Uh, it, you know, all, all, I, I, all racism is, is weird to me. Like, I don't understand it. But I, it's like we have a lot of the black versus white thing here. And typically as Americans, a lot of us, or maybe myself, just see an Asian person and just think Asian. We don't think what specific country they're from. So to me, hearing like, I know Japan's got some racist tendencies or had a history of it, but for one racist, one Asian country to be racist against another Asian country just seems so fucking absurd to me. Right. Um, so when World War II ended, uh, I agree with you 100%. Um, like, what sense does that make? This this idea of race superiority is just so fucking weird. Um, so when World War II ended, uh, Korea and Koreans had faced uh, decades, even centuries of hardship, discrimination, and violence. They were ready for peace. However, 
the end of the war would not set them up for this in less than a decade. The tiny peninsula would be once again uh, locked in a horrible, horrible conflict. Um, so, you know, I just, this, Korea has an incredibly bloody history and that's very unfortunate. And that's, that's the case for most countries. You know, I, I would say almost every country in the world has a bloody history. Yeah, yeah, I would say, um, unless it's like a third world country. I mean, I'm sure they got some blood, but when you're being oppressed, it's it's harder to bloody your hands, I guess. Right. So uh, the end of World War II brought both relief and uncertainty to Korea. Um, <clears throat> and uh, why? Uh, fucking Zoom just messed me up. All right. Anyway, sorry about that, folks. Um, the Allies demanded unconditional surrender from Japan immediately went about this uh, dissembling its empire. Uh, so that includes Korea. On the uh, other hand, though, what this new peace would look like was not clear, partially out of fear of instability, partially because of their own selfish interest, and partly because of racism. Uh, the Allies did not want to grant independence to the far-flung territories of the conquered nations. This is not to say that Korea did not try. In August through September of 1945, Koreans formed the People's Republic of Korea. Uh, this was a, a turbulent time as the U.S. and the Soviet Union were working on securing the peninsula by ousting the last uh, blasted the Japanese military and attempting to agree on how the peninsula would be governed. Uh, despite their desire to establish home rule, the United States Army military government in Korea, the USA MGIK, rejected the new government formed by Koreans. First, just let a country be a freaking country. Um, yeah. In part because they suspected that it harbored communist sympathies um while the cold there war we go and away we go uh while the cold <laughs> war divided the united states and the soviet union they were both allies in world war ii neither trusted each other and deep suspicions existed between them overshadowing the peace process uh it was mostly because of this rivalry that the coal control of uh korea was divided along the now infamous 38th parallel, the line of latitude that runs 38 degrees north of the equator, um, the United States administered, simply put, controlled the territory south of this line while the Soviet Union uh, controlled north of it. So two separate governments were established and the two halves of Korea acted as states independent from one another. Deep suspicions existed between them, overshadowing the peace process. It was mostly because of the, this rivalry that the control of Korea was divided along the now in, infamous, I just started rereading the same thing. Um, come on, notes. Uh, this division did not result in peace. However, turbulent conflict would continue to rock Korea until the outbreak of war five years later. Much of this uh, conflict centered on labor. A massive civil re revolt called the Autumn Uprising took place in 1946. As a result, the United States declared martial law. 
recognizing the futility of outward, outwardly controlling Korea, they called on the United Nations to oversee the election of an independent Korean government. Hmm. Uh, so even though they cast it off like the appearance of controlling Korea, uh, the United States intended to operate a puppet regime by ensuring, ensuring that a government friendly to their interests was elected. Um, so even though the United States removed themselves from Korea by the end of 1949, they remained involved at least from a distance. Yeah, which, I mean, obviously, it's world politics. We can't, you know, we can't act like uh, we're playing by rules here. We're all trying to get advantage. Yeah, uh, you know, USA, USA. It's not like we're still doing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we, huh. What? Who built the cages, Joe? <laughs> Malarkey. Um, <laughs> so South Korea elected, uh, I, I'm going to try not to butcher this. I have listened to pronunciations, but uh, Ri Singman as their first president of the Republic of Korea. He is a controversial... Good job, Dan. Thank you. Uh, he is a controversial historical figure. Uh, while he advocated for Korean independence, uh, he also maintained a tight, tight control. Uh, he was militantly anti-communist and that was at times responsible for brutal actions. Um... <clears throat> He hated communism like Japan hated everybody else. Yeah. Uh, on topic, finger guns, bang, bang. Uh, bang, bang. <laughs> meanwhile, recognizing the unfriendly environment in which they found themselves, communists and communist sympathizers fled South Korea heading north. The Soviet Union established a supposedly independent puppet government of North Korea um, called the Democratic People's Republic of Korea with Kim Il-sung, uh, father of Kim Jong-il and grandfather of present-day North Korean Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un as its leader. They withdrew in 1948. Though like the United States, they were still controlling the strings. So yep. you you can definitely see where this is going. We're we're at the beginning of the Cold War. The Red Scare is happening in America. This fear of communism, uh, and then this fear of capitalism. Just we pick two countries. Uh, you know, it's our dog in the fight was South Korea. Russia's dog in the fight was North Korea. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have two puppet countries uh, as a front for America and as a front for uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, atrocities in South Korea escalated tensions between communists and their opponents, as well as with the North Korea, the Jeju uprising, a supposed communist revolt on Jeju Island off the southern coast of Korea was met with fierce repression. How fierce was it? Well, Johnny, around 30,000 suspected communists 
Over 30,000 suspected communists were killed and another 40,000 terrified residents fled most, uh, fled. Most of them went to Japan, surprising enough. See, that's what always bothers me the most. Like, I get it, soldiers die. But like when it's people just living, civilians, that always bothers me so much. Yeah, that was like uh, World War II. That was one of the biggest new things, like this whole total war. Like everybody was caught in the crossfire. Well, everybody but the United States yeah. residents, uh, unless you uh, count the uh, the basically the internment camps of Japanese uh, citizens. But that's another episode for another time, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a whole can of worms right there. We are actually going to be talking about that a little bit later when we cover uh, Medal of Honor recipients in Korea. Uh, Violence. um, By the outbreak of the Korean War in 1950, approximately 30,000 suspected communists had been put to death. Uh, Incidences of sporadic violence were frequently blamed on communist activity in South Korea and were almost always met with brutal retaliation. Events outside of Korea also played a role in the coming of the Korean War. As previously stated, the Korean War was a Cold War event, and the Cold War provided the global context for this conflict. One fact that made uh, tensions surrounding the Korean War worse was recent events in neighboring China. In 1949, much the dismay of the United States and the pleasure of the Soviet Union, China fell to communism. At least initially, China was Mm. allied with the Soviet Union. Remember, China is right on the northern border of Korea. This will come into play. Okay. When did Mao come into power? Do you know offhand? Um, 1949. Okay. Okay. So that's fitting right along with the timeline. Mao Zedong was the communist leader, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in the years immediately following World War II, the United States recognized communism as a serious, dangerous threat. Surrounding this belief, two important policies were developed. First was the domino theory. Uh, this theory stated that if one country fell to communism, others would soon follow. So Russia, China, then Korea. Uh, Korea is what they're fearing. Um, yeah. Because the principles of communism would spread from country to country, especially these third world countries with unhappy citizens. Uh, communism needed allies in order to survive. Um, uh, the policy of containment followed the domino theory. If the domino theory was to be believed, then communism ap- absolutely needed to be contained where it existed and stop dropping shit, Johnny, and not be allowed to spread at all. Therefore, the United States and its allies put many policies into practice that aimed to contain communism, including the Marshall Plan and the Truman Doctrine. Hmm. Now, let me ask, because this is what I don't understand. Like, I... Yeah, I'm I'm not for communism or anything like that, but uh, that's their country. If that's what they do over there, we're the United States. We're a capitalist society that's not changing. Why were they so fearful of that coming this way? Because 
I, I really can't answer that, but it, it, it's, it's the same as the U.S. is doing today. We need allies, you know, and um, <clears throat> for whatever reason, we're always involved in foreign policy and foreign matters, uh, which I am strongly against. Uh, our country needs its own help. Why the fuck are we helping everybody else? But it's just at yeah. the time and the climate, communism was this huge evil demon that needed to be stopped. So it was the boogeyman. So both Korea and China were nearby to the Soviet Union. South Korea was next in what uh, the West perceived as a long line of countries that would fall to communism. Therefore, rolling back the North Koreans and protecting South Korea was a paramount of uh, was of paramount impo importance. Communist North Korea was enough of a threat, but the United States could not allow South Korea to fall as well. Uh, further adding to U.S. suspicions that the domino theory was playing out were China's actions in Korea. During the Korean War, China would play a role providing support and much more to North Korea. By 1950, less than a year after China's fall to communism and the withdrawal of U.S. troops from South Korea, the conditions for another war were at hand. Again, uh, just like we kind of talked about in the Boer Wars, uh, these, these conflicts, these full-scale conflicts don't start overnight. Like this had, this had a five-year buildup. You know, uh, just <clears throat> again a perfect storm of what was going to happen. Yeah, it seemed. I was going to say that it seems like a lot of things were just falling into place for this to occur. Uh, kind of like Vietnam. I I don't know the full intricacies of what happened to lead up to Vietnam, but I know it wasn't just like boom, we're involved. Uh, there was at least a decade yeah, of yeah. shit leading up to it. So um, the Korean War between the Communist North and Capitalist South broke out in 1950. However, the South had been fighting this battle well before that date. Uh, throughout the period after independence, South Korea had been hunting communists. Sometimes this turned violent. Well, usually when you're hunting somebody, so, it so turns just, violent. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. So like just going out and if someone's a con communist, just killing them. Basically, yes. And how the hell do you know, specifically, if someone's a communist? It's kind of like a witch. Uh, oh, my Lord. See, that's what I worry about now. Well, you get this, this telephone game, like the Salem witch trial. Oh, Abigail's a witch just because I want to fuck her husband. You know, is, yeah. you, what's to stop me from being like, oh, uh, Joe Summer's a communist. Go kill him. <laughs> of all people, Dad. <laughs> that, the people I want dead, that's the top of the name. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Moving Be on. Besides, it's not like he's going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, too. Oh, boy. Oh, we're going after all the big hitters today. Fucking Disney, and Joe Summers. Jesus Joe, Christ. Joe, if you are listening to this, thank you for supporting me, buddy. I appreciate you. Joe, I love you, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to love everybody, Joe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so tensions between the two <laughs> were very high by uh, 1950. Um, Surprise, motherfuckers. It's not Korea anymore. It's all Dan's enemies. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> 
Great. The comedian has a bad father? Get out of here. You don't say. <laughs> uh, South Korean leadership was not par- was uh, was not paranoid during these years. Uh, North Korean guerrillas were trying to infiltrate South Korea in order to prepare for a general invasion. Um, so there had been fighting. Uh, there had been a lot of fighting on the 38th parallel, which, by the way, uh, there are still troops stationed there. Uh, they, there's a no man's land, uh, South Korea and North Korea. We even have Is that U- the demilitarized zone. Yep. We even have U.S. soldiers standing guard and just staring at North Koreans, knowing that if we go to war with North, North Korea, they are fucked. Uh, we even have. But do you hear how crazy that sounds? Yes. Like, they're just lined up, like, ain't shit been over there in 70 years, but they're just like, do something, motherfucker. We even have uh, spots for U.S. artillery to be in place immediately. Like, there is a plan uh, to call to action uh, (laughs) when Kim Jong gets crazy, you know what I'm saying? Again, yeah. USA. I mean, let's, let's hope he never does. This is, yeah, this is an apoc- apocalyptic episode. Jesus. Oh man, burn this motherfucker down tonight. Um. So, and despite brutal and public deaths of suspected uh, communists in South Korea, Kim Il Sung believed that his forces had made significant enough uh, uh, advances to launch the invasion. However, wishing a swift, unconditional victory, he did not want to act alone. He traveled to Soviet Union to meet with Uncle Yosef Stalin and uh, tried- oh, Uncle Yosef. <laughs> that was very sarcastic. That was, that was a brutal man. We, we talk about how terrible <laughs> Hitler was. Oh, Stalin was so much Was worse. he got six, 60 million or something like that? Something like that. His numbers blow Hitler's numbers out of the fucking water. But Blows anybody. About him. He would look at a guy like Dahmer and be like, pussy. Uh, <laughs> Ed Kemper, you fucking pussy. <laughs> uh, so he tried to persuade Stalin to assist him. Uh, Stalin was not convinced, though, within a year his mind would change. Between uh, 49 and 50, Americans retrieved their troops from Korea China's communist takeover was much more complete and secure. Also, the Soviet Union felt that they had gained the upper hand in the Cold War with the United States by designing and testing their own nuclear bomb and by breaking U.S. spy codes. So all this, Mm. Stalin's like, yeah, let's, you know, he began to prepare North Korea for war as secretly as possible. He, uh, I'm sure he wanted that, though, too. Oh, yeah. Um, he began quietly sending arms, taking the time to avoid uh, attracting attention from the U.S. He also began sending uh, the gov- North Korean government's financial support. He sent them tanks, uh, aircraft. They also began training the North Korean armed forces and even sent troop units from the Chinese Revolution to North Korea as well. By April, both Stalin and Kim felt that North Korea was ready. Mao Zedong, the leader of China, also agreed to assist North Korea if the need arose. Um, Stalin knew that the... That's a, that's a lazy way of convincing someone to go to war, though. Yeah. Um, like, but, ah, if you guys need help, I'll send it. 
but Stalin knew he couldn't uh, intervene himself uh, because they would provoke the United States to initiate uh, nuclear war. Uh, so a little bit of walking on eggshells. And, and at this point, uh, we've proved that we'll use them. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, we will. Mm. Uh, Come on, fuckers. Kim Il-sung did not want the world to perceive his actions as aggressive. You're invading a fucking country, you idiot. Um, <laughs> it's a very peaceful invasion. Excuse me, <laughs> we're just coming in. Pardon oh, me. we're handing out flowers. That ain't bullets. Flowers. Um, instead... Uh, he said he intended to reunite the country of Korea, which should not be divided into two separate entities. Oh, what a good man. Uh, yeah, what a sweetheart. He held peninsula-wide elections in June, uh, though very few people in South Korea were actually able to vote, which somewhat had negated the purpose of the election. So he just held this, like, fake election, basically. Uh, course, it, when the, when the uh, first Iraqi elections uh were held weren't those a lot of bullshit too uh kind of um i i really can't remember the full uh detail because that was 2005 early 2006 yeah i yeah i, I remember there was just a lot of bullshit with it yeah there's also a lot of violence associated too Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of troops were sent in to protect poll pl polling places and stuff like that. Like uh, a couple of my staff sergeants and sergeants helped uh, when I joined in 2006. They had helped oversee the elections. Okay. okay. <laughs> Which I know this is going to come out after uh, voting, but if you're not fucking voting, what are you doing with your life? All right. I don't care who you vote for. I. It's your right as an American. And in a lot of countries, they aren't allowed these rights. They aren't allowed to hold, uh, quote unquote, fair elections. Furthermore, if you're out there suppress trying to suppress someone's vote, go fuck yourself. Even if you disagree with them, go fuck yourself. Yep. Um, so Kim Il-sung sent a, uh, quote unquote, peace envoy to South Korean president uh, to attempt to convince him to reunite the peninsula under communist rule. As would be expected, he rejected this proposal. So this was all, all just kind of like, a, well, I wanted peace, but he didn't want it. You know, uh. it, 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 it's smart because at this time, um, the media is involved when doing this stuff like everybody knows it's still time before internet but word gets around a lot quicker than it used to yeah i mean was it a more would you say it was a more balanced media back then not to like yeah open a can of worms here um yes i agree uh south koreans did want to reunite but in large part they did not want to uh reunite under communism um, what was South Korea? Uh, I really don't know, but as a form of capitalism, I want to say. Okay. Uh, South Korea was not innocent in the lead up to the war, though. Uh, fighting had been occurring peri periodically along the 38th parallel um, in the spring and early summer in 1950, many of which were provoked by South Korea. 
Uh, South Korean military and political leaders also boasted about their military prowess, especially in comparison with the North Koreans. And I am realizing that I talk with my hands a lot, and I'm even doing it right now. Um, oh, yeah, man. Sometimes when you don't have the video feed on, but you have mine on, I'm watching you, and you go nuts, man. Like uh, You're like, you're conducting an orchestra. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very complicated answer right there thank you johnny i appreciate that's a, that. that's a three-part episode <laughs> it'll be a four-part if i have anything to say about it <laughs> so my father left when i was 10 oh jesus Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Despite the rising tensions and serious preparation, preparations uh, on the part of North Korea for war, South Korea remained largely oblivious and unsuspicious of the impending conflict. Uh, it's kind of... Wow. South Korea is kind of like that character that's walking into the dark room where the noise is coming from. Like everybody's screaming like, you dead, mm. bitch. Uh, yeah. Do you, even the CIA did not pick up on it, even though they what? actively, yeah, even though they actively spied on North Korea. Oh, North Korea, uh, Russia, and China kept everything very close to their chest. Plus, Russia. I feel like they're probably still dropping the ball a bit too. Oh, the CIA? No way, Johnny. <laughs> So war officially began on June 25th, 1950 on the Anjan Peninsula. Uh, this peninsula juts off of the western side of North Korea into the Yellow Sea. The Koreans People Army attacked, though claimed that they had only retaliated against attacks from the Army of the Republic of Korea. Uh, so again, uh, Koreans People Army, that's North Korea. Army of the Republic of Korea, that's South Korea. Though it okay. is... Uh, Unclear whether or not uh, this was the case or not. Uh, the story, if the story told by the Korean People Army was to believe, it was not a smart move on the part of South Koreans as they were unprepared for war. Their army, particularly their uh, heavy artillery, was extremely lacking. The number of the trained members, trained members of the military, was very low in comparison with North Koreans, uh, because again, North Koreans had been preparing for this. What I'm not getting is you said South Korea was boasting about their military prowess too. Yeah. So so they're bragging about it. And then they don't even have anything to back it up. They're just talking shit into the wind. It's it's kind they're of unprepared. Like, it's kind of like that guy who likes to talk, go around and say he has a big dick and then you find out it's the size of a pinky, you know? <clears throat> okay. Uh, so I've never, I've never personally had that experience myself. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. I have Johnny. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. I'll give you that. Fair enough. We actually, you know what, uh, you son of a bitch. Let me see. Let me see how big your dick really is, motherfucker. <laughs> so we, I served with this guy named Weiniger and, uh, we, we have to do piss tests. And of course, we have uh, what's called pecker checkers, which these unfortunate souls had to stand in the bathroom, make sure you don't have a fake penis and stuff. Well, one day he starts calling this guy okay. Weiniger horsecock. And we're like, why the fuck is he calling him horsecock? So Weiniger kind of played into it, like, you know. And then one day we got drunk 
and Weiniger was taking a piss. And like two of us, again, if we're drunk, we walk in, we go, oh, that's why he's called Horsecock. It's a sarcastic nickname. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Pinky. Uh, so almost immediately fighting ensued all across the 38th parallel. Yes, my 20s were crazy, Johnny, in case you're wondering. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I just moved past it. I just moved past it. <laughs> uh, with superior equipment and obviously better preparation, North Korea quickly overran South Korea and the border and began moving south on the peninsula. Just two days after North Korea attacked on June 27th, President Rhee fled the capital city of Seoul, and uh, shortly after uh, he left uh, the South Korean army in a attempt to prevent the North Korean forces from reaching the capital, blew up the main bridge into and out to the city. This was unsuccessful. Seoul fell to North Korean army on June 28th. What was more, thousands of refugees were on the bridge when it was destroyed. That is not funny. That is terrible. Why the fuck would you do that? Oh, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, awful. Re resulting in hundreds and hundreds of deaths and hundreds of more injuries. Needless to say, this, this, this did nothing uh, to endear the South Korean people to the government or the This military. is the episode that's going to get us canceled. This is it right here. Uh, many I'm who trying to... <laughs> Dan's like, thousands of, of, of refugees died. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know why I did that. I knew that was coming. I don't know... <laughs> Oh, man. Fucking South Korea. What a bunch of morons. Um, <laughs> many, uh, many of these people would have otherwise taken his side or at least remained neutral, uh, undoubtedly sided with the North Korean communists, a fact that would make fighting in the South much more difficult. To make matters worse, uh, reordered many political disascendants murdered as he fled the city. Certainly, at least some of them were innocent, but they lost their lives nonetheless. Over the coming days and weeks, North Koreans made further and further um, uh, into the southern portion of the peninsula at an alarming rate. They moved quick. Uh, by September, North Korean forces, aided by the Chinese, controlled almost all of Korea, other than the very southeastern tip. As they moved... Go ahead. Were they were they just a good, uh, well-oiled machine of an army, or did they have something else going? Did they have another type of advantage other than just being better equipped? Well, what was the cause for them moving so swiftly? They were better prepared. South Korea, they weren't ready for this invasion. you got to remember, uh, North Koreans were trained by the Russians. They were provided weapons uh, by the Russians. They also had uh, Chinese aid. Um and also the president killing the innocent civilians and then making sure the communist sympathizers died on his way out of the city, that didn't help either. Um, mm. That swayed a lot of the South Koreans to the North Korean cause. Um, <clears throat> individual South Korean troops as well as entire units defected and switched loyalties to North Korea, uh, especially in the light of the brutal way uh, Rhee had fled 
the capital. But by all measures, it looked like North Koreans would achieve their goal of uniting the Korean uh, peninsula under communist rule. However, the United States and the rest of the world did not sit idly by. Intervention was already in the works. Woo-hoo. And uh, right here is a good stopping point for part one. Um, <clears throat> so this is Korea, the Korean conflict leading up until uh, the United States and United Nations uh, intervention. Um, I don't know how many parts at this point are going to be in this episode, uh, but I know there's going to be details, as there always are. Uh, and of course, um, Johnny mentioned earlier uh, on the phone that I salivate at the mouth for uh, yeah. war history. So we got a lot of stuff coming. Um, if you're if you made it this far into the episode, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, Please like, share, subscribe, review. Uh, do whatever you, you can to help us out. We really appreciate it. Uh, we love what we do here. And uh, yeah. Yeah, guys, thanks. We love it. Like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. Scat jazz. <laughs> I'm a scat man. But all right, folks. Uh, Please listen to part two and part three. I'm sure there's going to be at least three parts to this. Uh, appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, Johnny. Uh, yes, sir. As always, it is fun as hell to uh, talk to you about this stuff. Absolute pleasure. I can't wait for part two. All right, guys. Uh, again, like, share, subscribe. We're on Instagram, on Facebook. Eventually, I'll make a Twitter, uh, probably. Uh, what in the history pod also on YouTube. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace and love. It was a moonless night. I was 18 years old. Life was going nowhere. It was midnight at the Railroad tracks Miles away from anywhere I said my dark prayer You didn't look quite How I figured Green suit and black hair Smile on his face Ribbons on his chest He seemed to walk on air He promised to get me Out of this town I'd be handsome, wealthy, and brave I'd travel the world Be powerful But a slave until my grave now it's raining in the desert. I said, Oh, it's gonna rain on me. I'm just another of the devil's dogs. Would they ever want with me? He grinned, I signed my name.
Devil's done. The abyss is shaking. 